What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode on the Inside the Mind podcast. So we're in episode five, guys. And we thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about things that are very relevant that are happening in the market right now that I think really need to be spoken about so you can be positioned correctly to fully take advantage of that as well. So join with me today. Pleasure to have him on board. He's one of our Falcon coaches that you've probably seen on the channel a few times before. Abdu, how's things going on your side? Mark, how are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I am good. I am really, really good. I'm excited to talk about the things we're going to speak about today, which is it's happening. It's quite volatile at the market. So we're going to be talking about the crypto market, guys. I know many of you are investors of crypto. Some of you are kind of early adopters. You might have been involved for a little period of time, or you might be kind of sitting on the sidelines now thinking, is it the right time for me to get involved in crypto? That's something I want to talk about right now, actually, because me and you was having a conversation about that. What's your thoughts on that? Is this a good time to get involved in crypto? See, this, this is where it's interesting because I am short-term bullish, right? Mm. I have my price targets. I understand where, like, as I've voiced before, I'm kind of more on the side of one more all-time high, somewhere in that 70 to 80K range. Yep. So technically speaking, I am short-term bullish, but I can't personally justify buying in at this price because I'm in from like the 2018 lows and, and you know, and, and some bought with the COVID crash and around there. So my downside is protected, you know, if the market were to crash from here, like as, as uh, the double top kind of thing, you know, when we've met the previous high and we sell off, of course, I'm protected. Right. Um, and that's the thing when it comes to cryptos, I think it comes, there's a degree of too much confirmation. Right. And, and that's kind of like, you know, it's the whole buy the rumor, sell the fact. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that still applies because when it comes to crypto and I'm, I'm like, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this. I don't think utility has actually kicked in yet. Like, I think this is more speculation of utility rather than the actual utility itself. Because you could see what the Ethereum chain does, you know, what XRP does, what Bitcoin, what Cardano, mm -hmm. all the Solana, all these things do incredible projects. But if Bitcoin sells off, the whole market just still tanks with it. Now, I do think there is going to be an altcoin season right now. But to be honest, and maybe this is a bit of a biased perspective, I think this is a reward for those people that have been holding since 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. Now they're getting their runs. Um, and if it, if it goes on, cause I know with some metrics, like the on-chain metrics and stuff, predicting more of like hundred K, 150 K, uh, BTC. I mean, I'm more looking at the alt season right now because I have to ask the question of upside is limited at this point where it's like, how much of a BTC are you really expecting? Mm -hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, March, 2020, we were about, I think off memory 4k, I think. Right. So it's like 4k to now currently. 66k ish like i think the peak or whatever very um, extended yeah it's like how much more can it go even if you said 100k or 150k buying in at these prices like funny enough making 200 in crypto is kind of bad you know what <laughs> i mean if you're like i made 200 which in any other asset class or anything you'd be like you killed it but for crypto you're like you only made 200 and <laughs> i don't know if that's a greedy perspective but that's kind of how i'm seeing it and i think we're seeing that early feelings of fomo starting to happen now right De definitely i think it's just normalized you're normalized to those returns so you just get used to them eventually they will stabilize and the 200 on a year in crypto will actually be phenomenal yeah. as, as, of, as of right now i know what you mean i mean if you're buying in a bitcoin at 60k and it goes to 100 whoop de do you know like th there's people that will buy into quote unquote a shit coin and make seven times seven x right yeah. and then you're looking to make what less than double for example, on a Bitcoin. Now you might be saying, I'm going to hold it forever. Fair enough. That's a different story. But for most people that are looking to kind of not get in and out like every day, but they're looking to get in, get out at a decent price, 
wait for it to stabilize, get back in again at areas of value, right? Would I want to be buying? There's just better times to buy. And what you spoke about with the utility side of things, how I see it is as simple as this. Clearly, the data shows that utility doesn't matter because as when Bitcoin goes down, it moves. So you can already see how much correlation there is to that. I think when it comes to utility, the only thing that I look for in utility is that if I'm going to invest in something, I'm leaving it for the long run. I'm not buying in it because I think the actual utility is going to go boom. I bought it for 50 cents. It's now going to go to $20 based off utility because if Bitcoin sells off, it's naturally going to correlate. But I'm fine with holding those ones for three to five years. You know, I've not invested 70% of my portfolio into a random altcoin. You know, there's you have ratios to what you allocate towards. So I completely agree. I think that time will come, but it's not right now. I'm actually excited about those periods of time in which that is based off of the utility. And there's, there's so much more money in the market. There's bigger market caps. There's more weight towards a particular sector. I'm sure it was like that in the earlier days in stocks, right? Before certain sectors would just pull things down. But as sectors started to grow, it then just kind of stabilized across the board. So that's going to be an interesting point um for this foreseeable future so we'll, we'll see how that plays out because i think you hit it with the whole like holding three to five years now as as a buy-in price i think especially as traders you can get a better buy-in price so mm -hmm. you just, all it has to say is to look at the data and you see crypto btc especially pulls back like 85 percent sometimes mm -hmm. so i think it won't even do something like 50 at some point kind of shows a bit of fomo to me to be honest you know where it's like you just think it's just going to keep on going up even the argument of a, it's a hedge against like recessions mm -hmm. i don't think that's actually been proven to be honest because like btc was created what 2012 so we haven't had a recession since you could argue we had the pandemic and the covid crash but in the covid crash crypto dropped as well mm -hmm. so in the one quote-unquote recession we had if you want to classify in 2020 as a recession it didn't hedge against the recession. It actually dropped exactly with equities. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole part is of it being disconnected from, you know, from the stock market and all that, and it's going to be an antidote to inflation. I don't really see the evidence to that. Like I've digital actually, gold. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, exactly. But it's like I, I, I can see the transition. I can see it eventually happening. That, but as of right current data, I don't think that has happened yet. You know, and I mean, kind of bringing it to the way we trade in Falcon, I think, which is a bit interesting because one of the concepts we trade in Falcon is mass psychology. And in a way, I'm always a tad skeptical of news in a way, right? And I'm talking like mainstream news. So if you remember back in June, and I've, I've been bullish for most of this year, despite the drop as well, mm -hmm. is, and I've voiced this before, is when it was at 30K, do you remember how bearish the news was on, on BTC? You oh, had, it was terrible, yeah. Yeah. Tesla stopped accepting BTC as payments, um, despite him having a higher, or I think at the time, his buy-in price, like Elon, was like 34K, I believe, right? All of a sudden, he stops um, accepting uh, BTC as payments. It is no longer environmentally friendly, you know, which I found a bit kind of comedic. That was the big one. That yeah, was like, the big one, yeah. Like, really? You invest, like, what did he invest at the time? I think it was a billion or two billion? Yeah, it was, like, I think it was a billion, yeah. Yeah, so you like, the guy on electric and, and a better future did not realize the thing he is buying for a billion dollars is not environmentally friendly i was like that's where it's like okay that's a bit sketch and and there's a way kind of and my point is in that at the bottom you know and we had um decentralization from uh, governments and they were gonna ban it china banning it for the 19,000th time right all this bad news but that's usually what happens at a bottom is we're never actually meeting a bottom where we're all holding hands and we're all like, yes, guys, we all agree. The bottom is in. It's the whole saying that old one was like when there's blood in the streets. Yeah. And yeah. Now, you know, and, and it's now look at the opposite. All of a sudden 
we're doing well, things are good, more adopters, institutions are here. How many times, I was like, Mark, I'll throw it to you, how many times have you heard AI is gonna take over trading? Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> that's been around since I started trading and even before that, literally before that. So the, these things, they, they do their full circle is how I like to think about it because let's say the BTC goes up to around 70K and then suddenly it just drops off. The, the news will be in and there'll be something towards it that will be congruent with whatever that narrative is that, oh, now they've realized again that it's, it's not environmentally friendly, as if like we suddenly just forgot. So it's just it, like it, the market is the market. Just follow what the market is doing. It's the most consistent thing that you can have because when you try and correlate too many things, it's, it's just a big headache and you don't have access to all that information when this tweet is going to go out, when this bit of news is going to come out and suddenly there's a crash. You, you can't anticipate all those things, but you can just be smart and just use your common sense like what you was talking about in a couple of the videos right just have areas in which that you you liquidate certain percentages like don't allow your greed so much how many people right now will be sitting there thinking yeah but what if it does go to 100k if i sell out a portion of my btc right now then i lose out on that it's, it's just greed taking over everything it, it becomes a, a bit like like there's too much hope and don't get me wrong i said i will leave some exposure in beyond my prices in case those things do happen and that just carries the portfolio from what I've liquidated. But as is like, I'll tell you another one that I actually find kind of interesting. And I'm no economist. Like I don't, I'm not here to predict the next recession, but mm -hmm. I really hate that stuff. But what I find a bit, and I'm, I don't know if you heard this. So um, the feds a couple months ago, um, like individually, the feds like that work started, had to sell their stocks due to ethical reasons. Actually, they had to stop buying stocks mm -hmm. due to the ethical reasons that they could be insider trading. More recently, now they're actually banned. They had to sell off their stocks from it, which to me, I was like, that's really weird because why did we all of a sudden care about the, like the ethicalness mm -hmm. of the feds and, and them individually in their portfolios? And that's the part where I'm not predicting a crash in that way, but you look at equities, pseudo all-time highs, Crypto, all-time highs. Dow Jones, all-time highs. Real estate here in North America, disgustingly booming, right? All these things are now all-time highs. It's euphoric. Everyone feels great. Rates, if you've locked in your amortization rates on your homes, are incredibly low um, if you remortgage the house or whatever. And then, but, and then all of a sudden, the feds, oh, yeah, they're being ethical now. Without, and without, like, like, there was nothing major that happened last, like, two months where there was, like, this huge manipulation of this stock where people were caught and they're like, hey, we mm -hmm. have to, like, do something about this it was literally like there was no sabotage of anything it was just like yeah guys we're gonna be better people which that to me is a bit skeptic like it's kind of sketchy in that perspective because it's like oh okay why is this deleveraging happening and it's the same thing as i said bringing it back to the the news around crypto that's the part where i think i remain a bit grounded where i'm like mm -hmm. things don't always just go up and simultaneously there's subtle messages that i'm not going to sell just based off that of but course you can realize when everything is now positive, it's like, what does that psychologically do? Everyone now, no one wants to sell. Whereas during, during the bear market, you're trying to mitigate your downside. You're like, where do I get out? So I don't believe even more, mm -hmm. right? And if you don't know the technicals and you can't read the charts because you're just an outsider, when you're, when, when BTC is down 50%, that's a massive, like no one can really, like also people can stomach that, but your ordinary person, they're not going to stomach that at all. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, dude, like what if it goes down 90% or eight? Like you just feel like it's going to keep on going. Exactly, exactly. Right? I actually think that is where most people will lose their money. Remember, most people don't lose money because they get involved in a product. For example, uh, if someone's bought land for say 200K and they bought it in a, in a market that it was thriving, like right now in the UK, property prices, especially in even my local area, they're up by anywhere between 10 to 20%. 
let's say for example you purchased a bit of land and it was happened to be 200k this could be at the premium of its price if you bought that and then you had to sell it next year and then we went into a bit of a down period and you sold it for 150 you lose 50k person who holds it for another two years maybe sells it at 300 so it's not actually the thing you're involved in it's just your psychology of not knowing how to hold something and when to buy and when to sell or even just when you're involved at maybe a not great price to just weather the storm so it just makes me realize how many more people that are involved in crypto that won a few years ago i i mean this in the, the nicest way possible um the average person right that didn't really know about these type of investments that maybe invested in some extra cash in some bonds or some ices or bank-based products mm -hmm. they're now investing in things like ripple investing in ethereum that would have never happened before so then what was it the, but they still have the same psychology they've still got the same wiring in their mind about the financial markets that they had for investing in an isa so if they still have the same mindset and yes they've probably done a bit of research and they almost sound intelligent because they've read one article but they still are not in the thick of the financial markets of dealing with these deeper pullbacks and emotionally and i've known this because i've spoken to people that i've known for years even when i come across in the gym and then i've known they've invested in ripple from uh, 20 cents and i'm expecting them to to be up a little bit and i said oh so you're still holding your ripple they're like no no i sold out a long time ago i'm like why did you sell out there's like because it was up a thousand then it was down 600 pounds i just couldn't deal with it the average person psychologically cannot deal with that level of fluctuation because they're not used to that which is fine and i think this is more the message that we want to get across if you're involved in crypto you might already be a trader for example so you have some sort of knowledge about the financial markets you might be someone who's not a trader and is just interested in crypto you have to be able to stomach these periods because over the next two to three years there's going to be some seriously great opportunities but during that period there could be a very dark down period that's uh, very very slow again, as well the narrative is going to be negative again right mm. as we've had it every single time like Again, I laughed when China banned, and there was a small dump. This was before the all-time high. It was about a month ago when China banned. Yeah, yeah. And I was, and I called you that day, and I was like, "Dude, isn't this 2017 all over again?" Mm -hmm. Where, and you can actually, if you check the data, I believe it was September 2017. China banned Bitcoin. It sold off like X amount of percent, and then a month or two, I think somewhere in November or whatever, it already had its new all-time high again, right? Or in October, and it's the same thing. I was like, "It banned it. We dropped." And what's the thing that people always respond with? What if this time it's real? You yeah, know, what this exactly. is, and that's the psychological part that I think most people don't really get over because they're using this both as a negative and a positive where, hey, institutions are here. It's like, dude, institutions were here before. Like you can talk about the little semantics of getting a bit more SEC approval and things like that. Fair mm -hmm. enough. And that's that natural progression the world's going to go into. But even if you go back to something like GME, like I don't believe that it was Reddit versus Wall Street. Maybe it was the first day. But imagine I'm a hedge fund and I'm smart money and I have like all this money. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I find out this big trade that's happening because they're trying to take down, I think it was Melvin Capital at the time. Mm -hmm. Why would we not just join in on the trade? And exactly. Take, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you? If you? Like, this is, it was like the most public version of insider trading because you just, their game plan was on Reddit. It's not like it was in the secret WhatsApp group. They were maybe on a one-off, maybe on a yeah. one-off situation that it could have happened after like that, never again. Moment. Yeah, but as it stayed afterwards, I was like, they're probably in on this play too, because why wouldn't you? It's the same thing with using the on-chain metrics. Like as right, right now, it shows the data that a lot more of the quote-unquote elite are holding more on crypto. PTC, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, fair enough. But to throw a counter argument, you can just move it off your ledger in a short period of time. Like exactly. Just, you know what I mean? I'm like, and, yes. and we're naive. We're naive to think that that type of I don't want to 
quote unquote manipulation, right? Money flow has always been money flow. So money flows here and it flows there. If you if we're naive to think that people don't talk, that people don't know if billions and billions worth of BTC is going to be moved, that that's not going to affect something else with them. Very, very naive. So in moments notice, powerful people, this is nothing new. This has been around for years and years, like literally years, the most powerful people in the world. Then it moves over to the banks. What you think all these things just happen by chance. So this is why it doesn't matter what the on-train metrics or this or tech or fib, we can look at all of these things and have a very good idea as to what is going to happen. But what is the best strategy that you can always use? Have a plan in place that doesn't give in to too much greed. So then you've always secured yourself of something. So let's say that you are correct with your idea. Perfect. You play out. But if you're always just holding on to that idea without the possible uh, reason for you to be inaccurate or wrong, or something crazy happens, well, then what? You have 100% of nothing because your ego I mean, was so involved. On, on two things, I have a question for you, but like that just reminded me of Ripple. Like people that were in on Ripple in 2017 mm. from like 17 cents to three and a half sold nothing. Right. And they were actually, I think that year they probably could have gone with less than 17 cents too. Right. So it was because earlier in the year it was like much lower, actually. So they got in from an absolute bottom to three and a half. It's like, okay, you don't know the top is in. But what was happening? They were telling you Ripple as the, as the, the, the XRP protocol was mm -hmm. going to work with Visa, MasterCard, the bank. So this, and fair enough, they progressed more since 2017 in that direction. But why do people not sell anymore? Because there's a thesis out there that you could have a $5,000 XRP that would contain all the global um, uh, facilitation payments because annually, I think we're about... 4.2 quadrillion transactions of also it's supposed to act as a medium of transaction mm -hmm. but it's like which project do you actually know apart from anomalies like facebook and stuff like that that went from no one knows it to literally everyone in the world is using it right and if your head just to bet on something like facebook happening on a reoccurring theme like we went from way back when i remember like we went from msn to like myspace to just everyone just uses facebook now and it's mm -hmm. been a decade now or more right? So these things happen and you could look at the anomaly situations, but it's the same thing as you were saying with shit coins, you can genuinely buy a really garbage crypto and it goes up like 20,000%. And you're like, dude, if I put in $1,000, I'd have 85 million. Yeah. But how many times do you actually lose that? And, and exactly. the survivability of it, you know? So my question to you is, because you were mentioning is what's your opinion on people's ratios? Because I kind of see people come into this, they either mortgage the house to take out a massive loan to take advantage of something like this. They split up risk into like a lot of little coins and hoping something goes, which I don't think is an absolutely horrible strategy. Like mm -hmm. I think why someone would do it, but there's also the fact that there's thousands of scam coins that is mm -hmm. kind of like not really the best in that way if you're not well-researched, but overall in terms of hedging risk, your ratios and actually capitalizing, what's kind of your opinion on that? Cause I know you're well diversified. Yeah. So um, I think that the best approach right now to the average person is to uh, have some sort of ratio, whatever that is. So the way I look at it is like this, let's say your income is £2,000 per month. Uh, most people, they're outgoing to 1800 So there's not really much to invest there. So the first goal is to change that. And how can you change that? If you have a $500 per month car, then maybe you don't need a fire. I know it's very Gary Vee, but it's true. You don't need $500 car. You've not made it yet. You're literally living on £200 a month. How do you expect to do anything with your life with that? So just apply that kind of common sense ratio as to what do I need? Um, do I just have things because it feels good in the moment now, but you're missing out on all these opportunities because you've got no liquid cash to invest anything. So sort that issue out first. Let's say you can go from 2000 to I know 1400 so you've now got $600 a month to play with. Yes, dollar cost averaging is not really the most attractive thing because 
really like you you don't know like you might get lucky on one scenario where you've invested five hundred dollars every single month into a coin and it happened to stabilize around the same price so then you accumulated 6k and then it went but more often than not it's not always going to happen like that so invest what you can with what you've got but have ratios in place that that money is being invested so it might be 30 percent of your income it might be 40 percent of your income whatever that is and take a good hard look at where is your money being allocated right now i can almost guarantee it's just allocated on things that only depreciate and i kind of see it like that appreciate or depreciate most people are spending 99 on things that just depreciate and wondering why their life doesn't appreciate right and i think that is the the shift men- mentally that they need to do in terms of opportunity if i was in, if i was someone right now thinking oh, where do i invest where do i get involved with is this a good time to buy crypto we know there's better prices we both agree with that most of you guys listening will agree with that I think, and you hear me talk about it a lot, the Cardano blockchain, I think is massively undervalued as to what is going to happen. I just look at it as simple as this. I mean, uh, the board ape, ape club, yacht club, you've seen all the NFTs that are just like, if you bought this for $800, it's now worth 175k. Like lots of projects and NFTs will fail. We already know that. Same with all these crap coins as well. But what we have to understand is if, the, if you're already buying NFTs for Ethereum at the moment and smart contracts are going to come into play for Cardano, then what's going to happen there? You've got OpenSea, which is the biggest. You're eventually going to have that competition. So naturally, people are going to buy ADA, right? So then you have to look deeper into the ecosystem. All of the all of the ecosystem on Ethereum before, before those boomed, right? There was probably incredible projects that I personally didn't get to get involved in. It was too early for me, but they boomed. But those projects are happening now. I recommended one the other day in the Sunday Market Breakdown, right? So that's on the Cardano blockchain. There's going to be ecosystems in those areas that you will be able to benefit. So I would look more into that versus just going on, what are the top 10 coins? Let me just invest. And you kind of get in at such a base level. There is much more than just buying a coin. I mean, what contributes towards that coin as well? But at the same time, goes back to the ratios. You need a set amount. I mean, I wouldn't go to the coin that I recommended the other day I wouldn't just go and put 70% of my portfolio into that coin. You know, that just wouldn't be smart. Once that once that kicks off and we start to actually get some real growth and we get some real stable pullbacks, some nice bases, then I will look to scale in accordingly. But not before that. You don't just jump in all at once, right? So it's just about having those strategies. So my I'm more bullish on ADA. I won't be selling any ADA at the minute unless let's say from now to the end of the year, ADA hits like six, seven dollars. I'll probably take out about 30%, for example. Mm-hmm. But once we get that more slower decline at really great price prices and the whole market gets taken down with it, that is when I think, well, you and me both and many people in the community and all the people in our system will be licking our lips to be able to load up again. So that's how I kind of see it, guys. Set a ratio for yourself. Keep it very simple and really analyze your life right now and see where you're, where you're spending your money. Um, the last kind of question to wrap things up, which I which I would love to know from you and everybody listening, you've been in crypto since how long now? How many years? I mean, technically by mistake since 2012, but I think more <laughs> consciously since like 2016, 2017. Yeah, so you, you've seen a lot of the ups and downs. You've seen all these different things come. You've seen something that's in the top five and now no longer existed, right? You've seen all these ch- things change. What do you think personally? And ADA might be involved in it, it might not be, but what is your maybe top three that you think that people should be on the lookout for, for maybe the next year or so, or in this last part of the bull run? I'll, I'll, listen, I'll give a, a full answer on that um, because you, you actually hit a, a, a collective point that I don't think a lot of people actually ever consider is you can you could have bought these really bad coins that went up thousands of percent, right? And actually, if you actually look at the data, if you bought at any price, 
if you held that coin that survived in terms of like it didn't disappear because they had mm -hmm. a coin, a new all-time high was printed every four years. So if you bought even BTC at any price, literally every four years, as of now, we've had new all-time highs. So that's as a, I don't call it a hedge, but you know, if you hold for four years, roughly speaking, you will be in profit. Now, obviously there's better prices to get in. Now, the second point is, is the part of utility, because I did say, I think these prices are based off speculative utility. Mm -hmm. I do think eventually they will decouple and prices based on utility will happen. And that's where actual companies, I think, matter a lot more. You can be looking to buy these coins that are like fractions of cents on the dollar and hoping that they somehow make it to $2,000 or whatever mm -hmm. per coin. But the reality is, I think you have to look at survivability, because even if we look at Bitcoin itself, there's one thing that nobody ever really talks about. And it's the fact that like you can talk about it being digital gold, the, the antidote to inflation and all these things. At the end of the day, if Bitcoin ever gets hacked, like if someone is able to ever manipulate the supply, which has not happened yet, you have companies out there that work on core encryption, like in, into like really nano levels of it and to hack it as well. Like you think there's no one out there trying to try to hack the, the, um, the Bitcoin network. And if that was ever succeeded, value of BTC will go to zero on the spot. It would exactly. be a worthless project. It is finished. It is done. Like on the spot, there will, that will be the biggest 100% loss you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I don't think it's going to happen. But knowing tech, knowing possibilities, you hedging 100% in BTC or any project for that matter actually makes no sense, regardless of how much upside it could make and world domination. And, and exactly, that. exactly. You know, that. We can connect the devalue of the dollar. Because I know that's been a big conversation from last year is the fall of America, you know, and a, a new world reserve currency. So that's the part where I don't say I'm skeptical in terms of America falling, but I mean, they are pretty big that I don't think they're going to bow down on one knee to say the mm -hmm. least you know in anytime soon at least there'll be a bit of a transitionary period and that takes time so to kind of answer your question like look how would i hedge myself like i'm a huge fan of xrp for instance but even ethereum and those like why are they solid projects because they're the main project that hedge on small cardano inclusive mm -hmm. xrp if you look at brad garlinghouse their ceo who's i think 15th richest person role, somewhere around there mm -hmm. you have to look at it logically you're like how likely is this person to fail like this is not some random dude who learned to exactly code. Right. And kind of came to it. This is someone with a very powerful network. And you can even like, and that's why the SEC case is a bit, I kind of think it's a sham to be honest, because like, I don't, I'm not even going to claim to be a lawyer. I don't understand most of it, mm -hmm. but the lawyers that, um, that have been reviewing it, like on YouTube and apparently like, off consensus, they're killing it. Ripple has been winning this case pretty hard for most of it. So the part of me says, if the SEC was going to win and they had an ace up their sleeve, why not use it? This is not a movie in terms of wait for the last minute while we look really bad and then somehow save the day and win the case. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. And when you look at the SEC suing Ripple, suing Coinbase, that the first crypto exchange to be on the NASDAQ, like why is America going after America in that logic? And that's of course. part of me that kind of throws it off. But I look at projects that are likely to survive, which is why it's like, again, if you invested in like Elon Musk as a person, it's like these are the top richest people in the world they're not going away anytime soon versus your random project with who knows who's the CEO or random person. It can have all this great idea. Like how many apps have you seen on the app store that had functionally really great revolutionary ideas, but they don't make it because the market didn't accept it. Exactly. And they didn't have the backing and all those things. So I kind of would focus mainly on the main ones. If you want to hedge, mm -hmm. right now, if you want to go for those parabolic ones, then I would go into exactly saying like the one you said in the SMB is definitely a good mm -hmm. one. Things that work with smart contracts, um, things that work on the blockchain, on the uh, Cardano blockchain. Exactly. And you can stake because they connect things. You're trying to find that piece of the puzzle that everyone uses, you know, and very quickly, I, I know we talked about it. Like you were saying about like 
Beyond Meat, for example, working mm-hmm. in the stock market and it could be something for the next 10, 20 years. It's kind of that logic of who's actually going to use this in the world, who their partnerships are with and how that can grow. And the safe side would be to take the parent project like the Ethereum blockchain because it's very unlikely to fail anytime soon. BTC is still king as of now. It has not decoupled from the market. Like whatever BTC does, yes, I'm saying in the retracement right now, that's when the altcoins go off. But then in the bigger cell, it'll take the whole market with it. So that's kind of my somewhat conclusive answer on that. No, that's that's a very good answer. It will make sense and it all links together. But the undertone is just common sense, right? You're just using the common sense. And that is something that we're going to be bringing to Falcon guys on a regular basis. I mentioned the one recently that Abdu was alluding to there in the SMB. And there's there's more where that came from. Beyond Meat, again, is a nice little tip there as well <laughs> uh, at really great values. But again, it's just applying more of that common sense as to how is the world moving? What do things need? What are amenities? What the necessities? And just use your common sense with like, look at the way that I think the stat is it was, I'm not going to go too into the details of like one in certain person was vegetarian, etc. But you just use your common sense principles towards that. And for any successful investor that I've ever learned from, they apply those same things. And they just work, they just work every single time. So it just goes back to the simple things back the right projects, back the right things that you actually understand. There's an old saying, right? In, invest in things that you actually understand. And there's much more wisdom in that than you actually think in the first place. So take that approach and you'll do very well. So I'm excited to bring more of those things to the table. I'm sure you are as well, Abdu. And it's, it's going to be exciting into the year. That's for sure. But guys, thank you for joining us on this podcast. Another episode on Inside the Mind. And we wanted to bring this to you because we think it's re- very relevant right now because lots of things are moving. I mean, Solana hit the all-time high. It only ever pierced through. Then it come up and tapped it again. There's a lot happening right now, which means a lot of emotion. So we kind of wanted to do this episode really to calm those fears down and hopefully you're taking lots of value from that as well. Any kind of last words? Abdu, that you'd say to the guys with these kind of emotions that are happening in the market right now? Honestly, I I just have to say, stay grounded, right? Don't, Mm. don't, it was the same thing in 2017. We had the institution narrative. The institutions were here. It has not changed. This is, I'm telling you for part of me, I feel like I'm really living 2017 again, which Mm -hmm. is exciting because I know what's about to happen if I'm correct on that. But simultaneously, when it hit 20K in BTC, no one wanted to sell. There was literally fundamentally from a news perspective why would you everyone's here the money's here regulations were fine all those things right and the other part is without putting ego into the market when you look at something like solana it's went from a dollar to like 200 something it's if you're invested in that how much more do you want it to go mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong you can find me the example that just keeps on going but over the large history over the large samples and a sustainable way to do this for your whole life your trading career shouldn't come down to one big win it really like it's fun and it's good, but it shouldn't be what bases your identity. Exactly that. We heard it there, guys. Stay grounded. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for jumping on as well, Abdu. I'm sure we'll have you on another episode soon. Catch you soon. Thanks for having me. See have you, bro. Bye.